Uh, good evening, everyone. This is Claude Neon reporting. And I'm contractually required to say reporting for sleepwithmepodcast.com. And when when I was last uh, telling you, I, I just filing this report after being in the air in Santa Slay, and, and I have just a few minutes to file this first report because Roberta is saying goodbye to Spackle the Elf. Uh, we're dropping him in a major metropolitan area, which, uh, anyway, I can't speak to the plans in case this is leaked. But we're, we're, Roberta is saying goodbye to Santa. We've, we've been traveling in the sleigh, and we're still headed north. And the only thing I did file in this report that I was curious about is, like, I was like, okay, Roberta, you know, we're going through these Christmas... Uh, Creatures, these these tale, Christmas uh, folklore characters, and I said, "What about the big guy that everybody loves, uh, or loves to dress up as, or dress their kids as nowadays? What about Krampus?" And I said, "Because Krampus could be the most uh, toughest for us to deal with." And she said, "Claude, uh, Krampus is a pop guy. You know, there's nothing to worry about with Krampus." Because he's too, he's, he's a pop culture creature. He's too, you know, there's a movie coming out. And there's, there's nothing to be concerned of. Krampus is, he's, he's been, you know, he's getting his due. And maybe he's, you know, with Chewbacca and Star Wars. You know, Krampus is kind of like the Chewbacca. And I said, Roberta, he's nothing like Chewbacca. We don't even know anything about this. And she said, well, wait until the movie comes out then. But she said, if you were a Krampus, a real Krampus, and there was a movie coming out about you, don't you think you'd be more concerned with the box office and seeing the movie and then saying, you know, going, you know, they're going to be dealing. Okay, I'll tell you what, Claude, she said. They're going to be dealing with the critics of the movie because, you know, it's a, it's a fun Christmas movie. She thinks, she, she said she has not seen it or she can't spoil movies, you know, because that's not what Santa does. But anyway, I just wanted to note that about Krampus's Claudine, and I'll, I'll be back reporting soon. Okay, this is Claude Neon, and I'm here uh, with uh, Roberta Claus, who's close by. She's uh, doing a little bit of exploring, and I may have a little chill in my voice to catch you up on what has happened. We were headed north in the in Roberta Claus's sleigh, uh, the two of us streaking across the sky. We had started to cross... Uh, the frozen tundra as we had gone. I think we actually went over Thunder Bay, Canada. But we continued north until, uh, until I could not tell any anything from white. To, it was all white and it was all gray. And the sun falls fast. But we started to fly lower and lower as Roberta started to get a sense and then suddenly the sleigh started to be hit. She said, we're close to the North Pole at some point. You know, we're flying lower. But then the sleigh was pelted by giant snowballs. And I said, Robert, you know, it, 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 of course, this isn't as calm as your reporter, Claude Neon. But 
At the time, the sleigh was being belted by snowballs, and finally Roberta said, We're going down, Claude. And she said, Luckily, we're going down. And then she said, This is a, you know, and we went down into the snow. And the sleigh, I, I'm not at liberty to discuss any of the safety mechanisms, but I could tell you with complete confidence that that is one safe sleigh if your child has ever chosen. Like the kid, I think in that Tom Hanks movie, To Fly with Santa, you could say, wow, because we landed, I was fine. Roberta was fine. Uh, The sleigh was not fine. It it was uh, some sort of mashed potato snowball, I think Roberta was saying, but it was frozen. And it just created too much drag on the sleigh, and we went down. And we found ourselves in an Arctic tundra. And Roberta said, well, you got a few hours till, till just a brief sun. So she said, we need to head in this direction. And I have to tell you, it was very hard to endure a boring, long stretch in a dark night, cold. Now, of course, the sleigh had all sorts of, uh, you know, parka type things. So we were well suited. But I was still cold, and I, it was just because I said, Jesus, where are we? I, I may have started to lose hope, but Roberta led the way, and she said, just put one, you know, one boot in front of the other, and then I started to become exhausted, and she fed me cookies. And she said these were balanced cookies, you know, not all sweet. And it was a sweeter, say, I say, was this more of a biscuit, Roberta? And she had a flask of uh, warm cider. She said it was N.A. cider. And again, it helped my spirits, but we trekked on and on. And on this trek, it was also hard because even though we were walking so close to each other, there was a wind and we couldn't communicate. And then finally, there was a brief, it didn't feel like the day had come, but there was a brief break in the darkness. And Roberta paused, and she seemed to be headed with a determination, and she paused. And she said, this is familiar. And then she scanned the area slowly. And she said, there, that blue ridge. She goes, I know that blue ridge, let's go. And we headed to it, and a short amount of day came. And she was in, I said, without that day, we would not have found that Blue Ridge, probably. But as we headed towards the Blue Ridge, I saw it was uh, uh, facing another direction, like it was a cliff, not a cliff, but a drop-off, a snowbank. We were on the the sloping side, and then on the other side was a, a bit of a drop. But as we climbed to the top and shuffled to the top, and and climb this bright blue, as blue as Walter White's methamphetamine, uh, this little rock outcropping. I saw at the drop-off that the uh, ridge of the uh, snowbank had hidden what seemed to be some sort of old cabin, yeah, but it was also covered in this blue ice. And Roberta said, just as I saw it, and she swung down to the front of the cabin, and I jumped down. She she actually, she didn't catch me in her arms, but she she did catch me, 
but not bare, you know, when you jump off of the top of a cabin into a, a pile of snow, supported me with her arms. And she said, this is where it all started, Claude. And this may be, and she said, Scooter's podcast mostly covered it, but this cabin was where Roberta and some other scientists working for the United States government, it may, maybe that's illegal to say, but working for a government based in North America, not made up of nice Canadians, uh, was, was going to strike the North Pole. And she went in the cabin. She said, things are different. And, and, and we had this, she said, this, all this, uh, is a rock candy cave attached to the cabin. And the back of the cabin was gone. And it went off into a blue sparkling cave, which Roberta said was uh, rock candy. And she said, luckily, there's no people, you know, right. She said, there was people stuck in this rock candy at some point. But this cave wasn't here that I remember. But she's like, I did leave during the uh, North, you know, to help save Santa Claus. And some of these details, you know, we can't risk until we have Edward Snowden with, you know, primary, primary sources and things we can't, you know, reveal. Edward Snowden is interesting. He's not in this story, but he has a snow-based name. Uh, but as we went through the cabin, Roberta was looking for, and she says, there was, seemed to be this old-fashioned, they said, is this a toy cabin? And she goes, no, it's, it seems it's a, an outpost for, she said, I don't know what this cave is, I need to look into it. But she, there was, seemed to be this, like, uh, I thought it was a Christmas gift. It looked like an old-fashioned kind of a 1930s to, you know, modern-day steampunk ray gun. You'd see a young person playing with, and I said, "Oh, Roberta, this is cool." And she said, "Be careful with that club; that's a real weapon." And she said, "As a matter of fact, we could have a snack." And then she opened up the cartridge. She rejected the whatever you would call it. Uh, I don't know. And then she she started poking around. I think she she pushed. I don't know if it was a bobby pin or a paper clip, but she started poking around, and then. Uh, cotton candy sprayed out of it a little bit, and, and just enough, she she had hit this right hole. And I said, oh, and she says, cotton candy, cotton candy, cane candy, cotton candy. This is a cotton candy cannon. And she said, this was, you know, Santa's non-lethal, part of his non-lethal defense system. She said, this must, she goes, I don't understand what it's doing out here. But she goes, at some point, there must have been some elves or someone stationed out here. And one second, I'm hearing someone calling Roberta. Oh my goodness, I'm hearing a voice calling Roberta. Some sort of male voice. Uh, I'll be back. Uh, Claude Neon here. Yeah, some things have just unfolded. Uh, let me see if I can piece it together for you. I was standing in the cab and Roberta had gone to check. She said she was just going to peek into the candy, rock candy cave as I, I was, I was really enjoying the cotton candy cannon, candy cane, cotton candy. It was delicious. And Roberta even said, did you believe it or not, it's nutritious. And she said, without any added vitamins, it just has a nice balance of electrolytes. And she goes, it is high calorie and we need calories right now, Claude. 
Uh, but then I decided to file my report in between uh, slobbers of cotton candy, and then I heard a voice, a male voice, and I I stopped the recording, and I went around the corner into the cave. And at first I, I said I was a little nervous, but I wasn't. I said, well, maybe it's Spackle. Roberta didn't tell me all the plans was Spackle the elf. Uh, but then I saw a man that looked a bit from behind. I thought it was Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I said, okay, maybe either something has gotten you. Maybe this is all dream because I could swear. And I said, okay, wait, okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I'm talking Alec Guinness, Obi-Wan. Nothing. I, I enjoyed the other guy. But, uh. I said, is that a, and then I said, okay, maybe I, you know, maybe this is all, God, Neon bumped his head and didn't get up till morning. And I watched and he spoke in this slow uh, voice. He said, hello, Roberta. And I heard her say, Ruprick or I couldn't, the cave was full of tiny echoes, but Ruprick, I think it was. And he said, have a seat. And I stood there watching. I didn't know if the Obi, and I said, it's still a sense of calm there on Roberta's face. And just like the back, you see the back Obi-Wan, it still calms you down. I don't know if that's the force or just, because they say, you know, I don't know if the back of Gandalf would do that to you, but this did. And she said, it's good to see you, Rupert. And she, I think Roberta drops it. Rupert, Rupert, I think she said it like that, Rupert. A little bit like a rubric, but uh, Rupert. And Roberta sat down. And she said, why are you here? And he said, I should ask you the same thing. She said, you know why I'm here. To save Christmas. And he said, Roberta, you already have saved Christmas. And she said, that's very neutral of you to say, Rupert. I said, is she she changing how she's saying, or maybe I'm changing how I'm remembering Rupert's name. But he said, you have saved Christmas, Roberta. And he goes, maybe that was Santa's intention all along. And she, she, she didn't even say anything. She just looked at him with a neutral look, with just a twinge of uh, calling out Ruprecht's BS. But he said, this is the chance for the people of the world to choose how to celebrate Christmas on their own, Roberta. He goes, we just need to sit back and and let it unfold. He goes, they can start their own little holiday traditions. Based on their faith or their family or their culture or their homeland or their new homeland, Roberta. It could be a beautiful new Christmas season. They could even start to create new traditions, you know, to protect Mother Earth. And Roberta sighed. And she said her new traditions based on shame 
and good children and bad children, Rupert. It's a, he said, it's already started, Roberta. And you could be the heroine of that. Uh, someone representing science in the earth. You could push these new traditions. As we move into some new, diverse new age without the homogenization of Christmas joy and point, you know, Roberta, my feelings about poinsettias. And she said, "What? Why are you here, Rupert? What? Why are you meeting me here?" And he, he said, "I'm here to offer you a choice, Roberta. A simple choice. You withdraw from the world, and Secret Santa will as well. And you, you, you will still have a role, but it won't be a dominant one like he had." We'll have a much more balanced Christmas with more choice. And you can share your message with the world about Christmas without being in charge of it. And Roberta said, so Secret Santa will will withdraw from the world. What about the memory of Secret Santa? Won't that be left to to linger with the children and to develop on their own, to prey on their fears and keep them wondering in the back of their mind if Santa uh, stopped Christmas because they were naughty? And Rupert said, this is the best thing for the world, Roberta, and I don't want you to get in the way of it. And he said, besides, you don't really have any choices. The world's already rejected you. We're simply going to give you a chance to to not just win the world's favor back, Roberta, but to to return something to the world, to to keep giving. And Roberta said, all right, well, tell me, okay, what is your, she, she, she seemed angry and upset. She said, what do, what do you propose, Claude? What, what is my choice? And he said, well, you could stay here in this frozen cave forever. Or you could start to unlock some of the magic of the North Pole, Roberta. And bring some of the science to the world. Think of what the power of the North Pole could do against hunger against the dirty water, against mosquitoes. Think about all the lives you could save, Roberta. All, all, all the children, you know, this is something that Santa kept a lid on. We could share the power of the North Pole with the world. And that would be what's best for all the children of the world. And Roberta stood up, and and she she again she it wasn't a kind of a sigh, but she ran her hand across the the candy cane walls, and she said she said that would be nice, wouldn't it, Rupert, to be able to help all the children. So I'm like, is Santa been just sitting on this power source, 
and just saving it for Christmas. Selfishly, is that what you're telling me? And Rupert said, I think so, Roberta. And she says, so you figured out a way to unlock the power of Christmas. And that's when, and that's when, and then there was a pause, and I, I watched as Obi-Wan, you know, this Rupert, Obi-Wan, his back got tight. And she said, Roberta picked up on it right away. She said, you haven't unlocked it. Because there is no unlocking it. And I've got a feeling you're just down here wasting my time. That these decisions have already been made. Because if Santa could have done this, he would have done it a long time ago. The Santa Claus I know. And then Rupert he goes, you don't know Santa very well. And Rupert laughed long, and he said, you don't know Santa very well. And Rupert said, you're, you're no neutral Christmas spirit. And then Rupert said, no, but you're going nowhere, Roberta. He said, you're going to spend Christmas right here with your little reporter friend. And then he looked back at me, and when he did, Roberta reached out, and she had the... Uh, the candy cane, the candy cane cartridge, candy cane cannon cartridge for the candy cane, cotton candy cannon, and she smashed it on the wall of the rock candy. And it, it, it just immediately ejected this giant spray, kind of like when you crack open a soda, but if a soda spray, a soda bottle, carbonated soda bottle sprayed cotton candy. You know, I knew it was somehow weaponized. And it was a bit like something out of Spider-Man's web. Immediately there was an intense peppermint smell. And the spray went everywhere, but mostly on Ruprecht. And he was covered in it, but Roberta also was hit in the face. Uh, by, and it looked like she had a candy cane. Her entire head was covered in candy cane. Uh, cotton candy, candy cane, cotton candy from the cotton candy cane cannon. And so Roberta's hair was covered in colors of little red and green streaks, but mostly white. And she had a beard. And then she, she looked at Ruprecht, and he also had a beard. His was more of a gray, stringy beard. A bit like, uh... They like sour minds or, you know, flat hair. But other than, than that, she didn't seem harmed. But Ruprecht was covered from head to toe in some sticky, sticky, gooey cotton candy, candy cane, cotton candy. And Roberta said, I, I, I need a ride to the North Pole. Is your sleigh outside of the back of this cave, Ruprecht? And he kind of huffed, and she said, enjoy. She goes, I don't think it's possible to eat your way out of this, but if you do, you'll have a terrible stomachache. And he said, where are you going, Roberta? She said, to the North Pole, of course. She goes, Rupert, I've been dreaming about bringing joys to the children of the world of my first Christmas ever since Santa Claus told me I would be taking over for him. I've been dreaming 
And then a dream was taken away from me. And Rubric said, are you bringing toys to the good children of the world, Roberta? She said, to all the children of the world. And she goes, you you and whoever else is, you and your secret Santa might be able to stop this Christmas. But I won't have you ruin Christmas forever. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make sure the children of the world have their Christmas. And he said, uh, what about that argument about saving the children? And she goes, you know that if that was possible, Santa would have done it just like I said. She goes, Claude, let's go. And we headed out of the back of the cave. And outside the back of the cave was a more traditional sleigh with more traditional reindeer and kind of old-fashioned, a neutral color. I said, And I said, who was that, Roberta? She said, we don't have time, Claude. And she said, on Dotson, on Disher. And I think it was these weak reindeer names. And we took off in this sleigh. And now we're just, I'm just sitting in the sleigh. And it had a wonderful, a nice a few blankets, but uh, it, it, at night it had fallen in, but we had headed north. And the northern lights had come out. And I said, Roberta, is that the power of the North Pole? And she said, no, but that's north. That's the direction of the North Pole. And he said, is that the Christmas magic that he was speaking of? And she said, no, 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 the Christmas, those are the northern lights. It's a, it's a phenomenon, a phenomena. And she explained it to me, but I was just, I was just looking at how beautiful they were. And thinking, of it. and she said, that's the magic of science, but there's real. And she goes, I can't explain it to you, Claude. But she said, we're, we're going to, she said, things are probably going to get worse before they get better. But then we took the sleigh north and we waited outside and finally we came across the North Pole, but there was no one there. And it seemed like there was buildings that had been snowed in. But at the center of town, there seemed to be this large uh, hall. And I, I didn't know if it was secular or a church or an audience hall or some sort of, you know, a gym. Like I said, it could be a gym or a school. But we headed there. And that door and the steps had been uh, swept or uh, shoveled, even the pass, and we pulled the sleigh up to the pass. And again, I started to, I said, oh, I said, Roberto, she said, just trust me, Claude, it's going to be okay, I think. And we walked in, and it was this, it, was, it wasn't a grand audience hall, but it was a long red and green carpet down, just like you'd imagine if you were on a real trip to the North Pole, and they said, you'll get to tell Santa in person. Uh, down this hall, pillars on each side, down this long center aisle. And at the end of the aisle was no other than Mrs. Gloss sitting in a chair uh, to the side of Santa Claus's throne-like chair where you would sit in his lap and tell him your presence. 
And I said, oh, no, they have Mrs. Gloss, too. And Mrs. Gloss, she looked down the aisle, and she had her little glasses blinked on her nose. And Roberta said, just stay close to me. And we started to walk down, and the rest of the hall was empty, but I could imagine it being filled with children or filled with elves. And there was a scent in the air, piney scent, also Roberto's peppermint scent, of course. For she still looked a bit like a wizened, I would say. And our walk down the aisle seemed to take forever each step, and it reminded me of the trek across the snow, but now I was in a warm room and thick carpet was still we trekked. And as we got about three quarters of the way down, Mrs. Gloss clapped once or twice in seeming delight and started to laugh. And she said, "Oh, Roberta, what what has happened to you? You look a bit like you look a bit like Chris and a bit like Rupert." And Roberta sighed. And then Mrs. Gloss got a cross look on her face. She said, "You don't find that funny, do you?" And then she reached under her chair and pulled out this, this, it looked like a combination candy cane wand. And she did say something, I think it was uh, a Christmas thing a chew, and out shot like uh, some sort of uh, a green and red light. And I watched as this magical, uh, it looked like somebody just thrown up a bunch of expensive, uh, what was it called, spark glitter, circled Roberta's head and her face. And then her hair seemed to change into the cotton candy. And she grew a strange, a strangely feminine beard as she looked at me with sad eyes. So her hair. And her face is is to be covered in this fine white hair, with streaks of red and gray high or red and green highlights. And then Mrs. Gloss was delighted again. She said, "That'll be the perfect disguise for you, Roberta, and you look lovely." And she did look lovely. It was a, it was a sight to see. And then I said, Mrs. Gloss, are you all right? And she said, I am wonderful, Claude. She goes, you, you've been, a, she goes, you've been quite, quite, digging quite deeply into things, haven't you? You do love Christmas. And Chris loved you so. And I said, do you miss him, Mrs. Gloss? And she said, she paused and she looked down. And she said, I, I don't think I do. And I said, you know, Miss Santa? And she goes, no. And then she stood up. And she stepped in front of Santa's throne. And I didn't even realize that it was a throne. I said, is Santa always in a throne? And she sat down. And she said, bow to me. And I said, I, I was confused. And Roberta just seemed to... Uh, not like she had shut down. But I guess I wasn't even aware of this. I was just so too. And she, I said, I'm sorry, Mrs. Gloss. Did you say bow? 
And she said, bow to me, Klaus, and bow to me, Roberta. And Roberta turned to me, and she said, this is Santa's secret. And I said, oh, dear, we're, we're, we're in a bit of trouble here. And then, believe it or not, I said, Mrs. Klaus, would you mind if I just, I don't know what's going to happen next. Would you mind if I, I have a report due to this scooter? And it'll get, you know, we get word out about your operation and things. Do you mind if I uh, take a few minutes? And she goes, yeah, Roberta needs some time to think things over, too. Go ahead and file your report, Claude. So this is Claude Neon reporting. I don't know. I am as confused as you are, folks. But it seems that Mrs. Claus is Secret Santa. And there's something's afoot here. And I don't quite know what it is. But I'll talk to you soon. This is Claude Neon. Thank you and good night. Alright, thank yous. I'm way behind on my thank yous for... I'm way behind on my YouTube thank you, so I want to say goodnight and thank you to Kaylee G uh, on YouTube. Goodnight to Tanya on YouTube. Jen MV. Uh, D Edge, uh, goodnight. Uh, P-O-T-R, Peter, I believe. Goodnight. Uh, stay back. Goodnight, thank you. Caesar, Caesar in Brazil, thank you so much. Uh, will you go? Uh, thank you so much, and thank you for your support. Uh, I also want to thank uh, on iTunes, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash iTunes. I want to thank uh, Bennett42, who says, simply put, it works. Uh, meditation has its place, but Scooter does an amazing job of helping you slow your thoughts and put you to sleep. The amount of work and effort he puts in the podcast is evident. Thank you, Scooter. Thank you, Bennett42. And then Saw Bear. Uh, good old Saw Bear. Or Saw Bear. Don't do that. Don't Saw Bear. Uh, four months in, no idea what the stories are about. I've been listening to Scooter's stories almost every night since mid-August. Started listening to podcasts because the apartment doesn't have AC and the nights are so unbearably hot I couldn't fall asleep. Well, my friends, that is now a problem of the past. I've never made it halfway, let alone finish an episode before falling asleep. Uh, apparently, some of his, his stories are sequential in the series-type style, but I can really tell you what the current series is about, nor what the per- previous series covered. The 10 to 15 minutes I do here are slightly amusing. Boom, check. Definitely pleasant. That's something I've never heard. Thank you. And but never entertaining enough to keep me awake. If you're having trouble falling asleep fast, Scooter is your guy, your boyfriend. Funny but not hilarious. A true master of melodic monotony. Well, thank you, Sawbear. That's so nice of you. And I'm glad the podcast is so effective. That's awesome. And I like your, you know, melodic monotony. And what was the other one? Pleasant. There was something pleasant. Pleasantly plain. That wasn't it, but... Uh, so thank you, Saw Bear. Over on uh, email, one of that Chris N. Who's working on some stuff for the show. Uh, I want to thank uh, Ciara Michelle. 
Uh, I want to thank the Baroness. I want to thank Beth, Aaron, my buddy Marcus again, Alexandra, Catherine. I want to thank Larissa and Steve and Betty. Uh, over on Twitter, I want to thank uh, Throw It All Away, Throw It Away Podcast, the Nine Inch Nails Podcast. Uh, that's over at throwitaway.net. They recommended the podcast. I want to thank Ruffle Andrew, uh, who likes Dame Edna quotes. Well, I would, I do be obliged, Andrew. I don't know if Dame Edna says that, but I want to thank Jennifer S. Thank you. Scott H. from Down Under. Uh, it says F and Oath, mate. Ridgy Ditch. That's, that's the newest. I got to think of a boring, boring way to say that, but thank you. Mom to one. Uh, Chris L. Wither and Bloom, our old friend T. Uh, and her 13 year old daughter. And a 13-year-old daughter, uh, Chelsea M. again. Thank you, Chelsea. Dickens Fair. MYK, just giving you shout-outs. Scallywags. Florence Rose. Thank you all. Uh, Kathleen W. Uh, that tweet just came in. And then over on Facebook, Paula M.P., who had a dream about a scooter conference, but everyone fell asleep except for Paula. Uh, but Paula said, keep up the awesome strangeness. Thank you. I want to thank Matthew Whitehouse for linking to that, uh, the, that interesting product. I'm going to look into that. Uh, Alexandra and Mike, Julie C. Uh, Myra and her husband. Uh, Julia H. or uh, uh, Taryn and Stephen and Stacy and Tupi and Dustin in the Silver Tone. Uh, thank you all so much.